Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Hi guys, welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, coming to you as always, or as almost always, from the mobile studio, deep in the heart of gorgeous, beautiful, stunning... No, that's going too far. (laughs) In the middle of rural North Yorkshire, England, let's just say that. I'm in a different mobile studio now. Uh, I did post a picture of my Vectra on the Facebook page, oh, probably a few months ago now. Uh, just to give you a, a bit of a visual representation of where I am. So when you're listening to me, you can imagine, you can picture where I am, what I'm looking out on uh, as I record these. I'm actually in a new vehicle now. Uh, the powers that be at work have given us all uh, vans, white vans, um, as we're rolling out um, a new network. Um, and we're going to be shipping a lot of large boxes and things around the place uh, we're going to be driving out to customer sites a whole lot more over the coming months and um, it just works out cheaper for the company to do it this way higher vans for us than keep paying us uh, 40p a mile <laughs> which is what we claim back for, for business mileage uh, so so there we are, yeah so I'm in a I'm in a van, it's taken some getting used to actually and I, I'm, I'm certainly not used to it yet it's really weird, It's it's got a solid back I've never driven a van before and it's not the biggest van in the world. Uh, it's a Peugeot Bipper, uh, for those of you who are interested and know your vans. Uh, it's a bit smaller and more compact than the Peugeot Partner. Um, it has a solid back, and, and having driven, or having never driven a van before, I, I've always been used to having all-round visibility when I'm driving, and, and particularly when manoeuvring, reversing and, and, and whatnot. It's really disconcerting having to rely entirely on what I can see out of my wing mirrors. And still I, I look to my rearview mirror in vain, hoping that maybe <laughs> maybe one will have appeared. And no, no, it's not to be. Uh, so I, you almost have to just ease out in reverse and just hope nothing's there. Um, I, I don't know how drivers of big lorries and and larger vans cope i I guess you just get used to the size of the vehicle um and and maybe there is a lot of putting faith in other people being able to see you and and get out of the way um but it's yeah squeaky bum time sometimes when i'm having to reverse out of a a parking space and if i'm in the supermarket car park and you know you get kids running around and what have you it's uh it's disconcerting. It's <laughs> it's not good, but it's all paid for. So um, I don't have to pay for uh, for fuel for my commute anymore, or not for the foreseeable. So uh, yeah, a bit of a win there. So um, I shan't complain too much. So that's that's me and my new mobile studio. Of course, um, you're all dying to know that. <laughs> as is um, as is usual, uh, it becomes a bit of a, a garrus waste of time. Um, on these podcasts, in my intros, and I waffle about all sorts of uh, odds and ends. Yeah, so of course, it's as you expect, and as you've probably come to expect from the rewatches, it, it's a while since I last spoke to you. Um, it's been far too long since I did the 
Oh, it was the it was the feedback podcast. No, it wasn't. It was the top five podcast for season seven, just to finish off uh, our coverage of that season. And that seems like an eternity ago. And when I did that, it seemed like an eternity since I did the feedback show just before New Year. Uh, we are halfway through March now, and well, winter still refuses to let go. Uh, we're still having well early in the week. We've we've had some more snow. Uh, as I look around me, there's still the odd patch of snow uh, on the ground in, in some sheltered spots. It's still refusing to let go. Um, it's still pretty cold out there as well, uh, but there are signs of spring on the on the trees and, and the birds are singing. And um, I was watching a couple of birds this morning on, on the ground is picking up um, bits of grass and things presumably for building nests so there are signs of spring around and i love spring i probably say this every year it's my yeah i think it's my favorite season i love those those days as those warm sunny days you get in spring where it's not too hot it's just a lovely temperature for being outside without a coat on and you know the especially out in the countryside everything's full of life and sort of optimism for the um you know the coming months the summer and well, you know, we're in the UK and we don't pin too many hopes on having a good summer. Last year was pretty much a washout, but you never know. In these days of global warming and extreme weather, we kind of expect unpredictability. Uh, but alas, I have waffled for over five minutes already and we haven't really talked about Dexter yet, uh, which is, of course, what you're here for. Um, although I know some of you do uh, appreciate these <laughs> these few minutes when I do ramble about anything and everything uh i i do of course have my other podcast gareth's waste of time in which is my official forum for <laughs> for just spouting about whatever's on my mind usually tv shows and films i've been watching and i did uh do a waste of time podcast um oh it was a, was a week or two ago check the feed on uh, on itunes if you're interested in um listening to any of that Okay, uh, let's get into some Dexter, shall we? Because uh, I've, I've kept you long enough. We are nearing the end of our season two rewatches, and my thoughts can't help but but look ahead to the final season of Dexter, which is airing in the summer, and they are filming currently. I think they are filming episode four. Is it episode four of season eight? Currently, it's, as I say, it's it's mid March now. Uh, interesting, interestingly, Michael C. Hall directed has, has already directed an episode this year, and if memory serves, I don't think he's ever directed an episode of Dexter before. I don't even think he did one on Six Feet Under. I, I could be wrong, uh, but that's interesting that he, he saves that until the final season uh, to <laughs> to want to do that. Um, there were one or two remarks from Jennifer Carpenter on Twitter, uh, mostly complimentary. She was <laughs> probably tongue-in-cheek, anything that wasn't. <laughs> there, were, there were musings uh, along the lines of, um, well, not musings, but she was quoting him, uh, telling her on set not to fuck up her line, and <laughs> bearing in mind he's her ex-husband. But I'm sure that was all good-natured and um, just on-set banter. Of course, we know Jennifer Carpenter, the uh, the consummate professional, and uh, I'm sure she'll uh, she'll have done him proud in his episode. Okay, yeah. So season two, episode eleven is where we're up to. We've got one more after this, and then season two is done. 
So let's crack on with my recap and review of this episode. The title is Left Turn Ahead. Original air date was the 9th of December 2007. Written by Scott Buck and Tim Schlattman. And directed by Marcos Siega, who is currently enjoying uh, pretty good viewing numbers on his new show, The Following, on which he's, he's pretty much showrunner with Kevin Williamson. And The Following has been renewed for a second season, which, uh, I don't know, I've got kind of reservations about it. Um, but I talk about that on the latest Gareth's Waste of Time, so check that out. We're, we're talking Dexter now, no more waffling. <laughs> Here's my review, here we go. favourite piece of Dexter's score starts this episode, the blood theme. It's so atmospheric and brooding and moody and perfectly embodies Dexter for me. And Dexter's feeling like crap right now, feeling like he's responsible for Harry's death. Dokes is still in his little cage and offers an ear, but you can see what he's trying to do, trying to make out like he's Dexter's friend, and you can't blame him. He is fearing for his life after all, and again, he tries to talk Dexter round to turning himself in. Dexter loses his rag, such as his current mental state. I mean, suddenly believing that you're responsible for your father's death, whether it's actually true or not, it's a massive cross to bear. You, you would be a bit tetchy, wouldn't you? And he's feeling so despondent. Harry's code had given him direction, helped him maintain control, kept him in his own cage of sorts and now he suddenly feels like these walls have been broken down and he has no boundaries, he has no limits, no direction, no control, he doesn't quite know what to do. Dokes keeps trying to convince him to turn himself in and that he'll help him and he looks sincere but I don't know how much of it is his own sense of self-preservation I do honestly believe Dokes to be a good man, but at this point, I, I think you'd say anything, wouldn't you? But the phone rings and breaks the moment, Dokes thinking like he was close. Dexter has to go to the hospital, where Lila has been brought in. Turns out she had listed Dexter as her, as her emergency contact, which was nice of her, if a bit presumptuous. The doctor explains that there is suspicion about what happened to her with Batista, they found rohypnol in her system, and she has a head injury, and she claims she doesn't remember what happened. <gasps> oh, shit. Oh, excuse me. She's requested they check her for evidence of rape. Dexter, of course, knows Lila is a crazy woman, and will have made this up. He goes to talk to her, and she's there in bed, all... Oh, bless her. She's all vulnerable, and... Oh, fragile, and... Oh, Dexter. Dexter... Came to see me. So sweet. The doctors think Angel raped you. Things are a bit fuzzy. This is desperate. It won't work. What are you talking about? I'm just glad you're here. I missed you so much. Kill her! Kill her now! Strangle her! Stab her! Poison her! Shoot her! Dismember her! Anything! Just kill her! <sighs> say, say what you like about Lila. Jamie Murray has played her so well. Just a really great performance as this character. Just 
she's manipulating our feelings towards her as much as she's tried to manipulate Dexter. Initially, she was appropriately mysterious and seductive and sexy and now just creepy and slimy and I want Dexter to kill her. Of course, she wants Dexter back, obsessed as she is, and Dexter's having none of it. She says she'll not press charges if Dexter takes her back, but the irony of Dexter's disgust at what she's doing is not lost on us. She's trying to frame an innocent, good man, but that's just what Dexter's doing to Dokes, as Dexter realises. But he has no interest in this crazy woman. Dexter's showing some good judgement over a woman. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? There's a really nice moment in the next scene. Uh, they're in a cafeteria. Dexter's had some food with Batista, it looks like, and he's still wearing the T-shirt stained with Lila's blood. You'd have thought he'd have got changed, wouldn't you? Dexter comes out with something that has Angel scratching his head, but we know what he means. He says if he had to choose a real person to be like, it would be him. It's a really nice compliment for Batista, who, of course, we know to be a decent man. But it's an interesting moment of honesty from Dexter there, letting the mask slip just a little. Not that Batista realises it. He really is the closest thing Dexter has to a real friend, but Dexter makes an astute observation here. And as I talk about this moment, I uh, get a, a memory coming back of my conversation with uh, David Zayas. Oh, it was nearly a year ago now, uh, when I chatted to him on the podcast about his time on the show and about his character and he mentioned this particular scene uh, this particular moment from Dexter uh, so if you haven't ever listened to any of my interviews I interviewed David Zayas last April and Josh Cook uh, who um, is, is a more recent uh, guest star on the show uh, so don't listen to that if you're not up to date with the show in fact don't listen to the, the Zayas interview either if you're not up to date up to the end of season 6 uh, for Zayas uh, but, um, yeah, some some interesting thoughts from, from both those guys. Anyway, back to the review. Dexter refers back to something Dokes said, that what Dexter is could hurt everyone he cares about, that it will spread like cancer. And here Dexter notes that Batista is suffering ultimately because of Dexter and his involvement with Lila, and he feels bad. Even though he did try to warn him about her, it's guilt, isn't it? Something he probably probably doesn't recognise exactly, but I think that's what it is. Moving on, the next day, they all get called into work and we see that the kill tools have been found. Remember that Dexter dumped them somewhere they'd be easily found. Another nail in the coffin, as Dexter puts it. And we're introduced to a new character, Deputy Director Max Adams who on rewatch I was really excited to see is played by Jonathan Banks, an actor a lot of us will know better as Mike on Breaking Bad. I had no recollection of him being in Dexter, so this was a nice surprise. But there does seem to be a bit of tension between Adams and Lundy, doesn't there? And Lundy is a bit put out because this is the first he knew of the tools being found. And not just that, they've already ID'd Dokes' fingerprints on them. And more than that, they've also got CCTV of Dokes at a filling station and it's pointed them towards a search area in the Everglades. Dexter now thinks a bit further and thinks about when Dokes is found, even with the evidence. There'll be a trial, appeals, all during which time Dokes will be protesting his innocence and pointing the finger back at Dexter. 
Surely he can't afford to have any suspicion cast in his direction. We find out that Lila has pressed charges of rape, and Batista's arrested. Dexter looks around and sees again the ripple effects of his actions. Batista now being accused of rape, LaGuerta about to lose her friend, Lundy getting shit from his boss. Dexter considers if this is how evil works, destroying everything it touches. It links again with what Doak said, words of warning for the future maybe, and definitely a wake-up to the now. But he's thinking he's sparing Deb and Rita Payne by what he's doing to Dokes. Who, incidentally, we see wading through the swamp. He finally got around to kicking the side of the cage open. It was only wire mesh. I mean, you'd wonder why he hadn't done it sooner. And now he's free and trying to get away. A boat comes by and he flags it down. And the two guys on board are Hispanic and they seem to know about the cabin. Oh, the irony. <laughs> Dokes gets clubbed on the back of the head and he's out for the count. Out of the frying pan, into the fire. Meanwhile, we see Dexter might be having some doubts about whether he'll come through this unscathed. His relationship with Rita had been starting to take a turn for the better again, and he asks her and the kids to come with him for a trip on the boat. She protests because it's a school day, but he says it's one more day. There's a hint of pleading in his voice, and I think he's feeling like he might not actually come out of this in one piece thinking they can have just one more happy day together, enjoy themselves, before things could unravel for him. Whether it's... Well, whatever. <laughs> it's sweet that he wants to do this with them, probably for his benefit as much as theirs. And it's an interesting human response, really, to the feeling that something bad's about to happen, uh, feeling that he might be going away for a while, or worse that you might want to spend time with your loved ones, enjoy them while you still can. Dexter drives back to the cabin and finds the door open, to his horror, <laughs> and Dokes is missing. By a fantastic coincidence, the sort of coincidence you only see on TV drama, it's just at this moment that Dokes comes wandering back, hands tied, being followed by those Hispanic guys, guns raised. They go in and collect the drugs, Dokes spots Dexter but keeps quiet. Who would he rather hang with, I wonder? In a nice little moment of cooperation, Dokes and Dex work together to take down these guys. It's nice to see them teaming up and getting the job done. Dokes is grateful, but of course Dexter has no choice but to take him back to the cage. But they then have an interesting conversation, the upshot of which is Dexter considering turning himself in, talking about taking responsibility which of course gets Dokes' complete attention, sort of <laughs> almost perking up like a like a, a meerkat on one of those wildlife programmes. Dexter's thinking about saving Deb and Rita in the long run, turning himself in rather than get dragged in like an animal, as he puts it. Dokes wants to get going, no time like the present, but Dexter leaves him there to be found, allowing Dexter a day to get things in order. Morgan! Dexter. I've really enjoyed our conversations, James. I lie to everyone I know. Except my victims, right before I killed them. It's hard to establish much of a rapport there.
Sorry about the cage. Morgan! I included that clip because I like Dexter saying how he enjoyed their conversations. It reflects our own enjoyment of their conversations and watching them together. The actors have a nice chemistry and the characters have a good chemistry, each with their own kind of intensity. Outside the cabin, Dexter takes a long moment of pause as he thinks. Then he calls Deb and arranges to take her some papers to sign. Deb picks up that something's not right, though. And after the call, Dexter muses how he has a sense of peace and calm. Now he's apparently made the decision to turn himself in. Next morning, he goes to visit Lila. He asks her to drop the charges against Batista. When she refuses, he tells her after tomorrow he'll be out, out of her reach permanently. As he turns to leave, saying bye, he has a subtle smile on his face, obviously getting a great deal of uh, satisfaction from the moment. Later, Deb uses her feminine charms to get Lundy to run an FBI database search on Lila, obviously hoping to turn something up that could help get Batista out of trouble. The search turns up nothing, and Deb realises Lila Tournay is not her real name. So, what's she got to hide? To ID her, they get Lila's fingerprints off Batista's microwave, of all things. Dexter brings Deb that paperwork he mentioned. It's a trust that gives Deb control of all his assets in the event of his death, or um, certain other things. I love Dexter's demeanour here. Clearly it's played like this on purpose. He's more buoyant, cheerful even obviously feeling immense relief at his decision and looking forward to the release. One thing here, though, like any policy, wouldn't it be void because he's knowingly about to turn himself in? It's like trying to take out unemployment insurance when you already know you're about to be made redundant. It would nullify the policy, wouldn't it? Anyway, who cares? <laughs> it's a TV show. Dexter's invited Deb round for beer and steaks that night. There's something he wants to talk about, apparently. We cut to Haiti, where LaGuerta is trying to find out more about what Dokes did there. She's found out that he'd wanted to find a local lab to get the blood slides analysed. She calls Lundy to tell him, and he questions why, if he's the butcher, would he want to get them analysed? He'd just keep them as trophies. So that doesn't sit with him. LaGuerta's also found alibis for Dokes to cover him for two of the butcher murders. It's a big break for her, and nice work, and Lundy agrees it's worth pursuing. Meanwhile... Dex is off out on the boat with Rita and the kids, but Crazy Woman is in her car watching them. She breaks into Dexter's car and finds his sat-nav. Were you thinking what I was thinking? Although it'd be a silly billy to log such a location on there, but there we go. <laughs> out on the boat, Dexter talks to Rita about how he feels, although in typical Dexter fashion. It's the best he can do, but we know it's sincere. Rita, I've never been a very good boyfriend. I wouldn't say that. I just need you to know that you and the kids are very important to me. No matter what happens, I want you to always know that. Okay, Dexter. Hey, everything's all right. Okay, just, I just need to take things slow. Rita, of course, missing his point entirely, but that's okay. He said what he wanted to say. Continuing his day of getting things in order, he gives her the ownership documents for his car, 
under the guise of it being safer than her current broken-down one. It's a nice moment furthering their reconciliation. It's as romantic as Dexter can be, and he initiates a kiss, which gives us further confirmation of how he thinks of her. Meanwhile, Deb is jubilant. Lila's prince hit the jackpot. Her real name is Lila West, and her visa is long expired, so of course Deb's full of it. She can be deported. Hooray! I still want Dexter to kill her, though. <laughs> the conversation with Lundy is interrupted by Adams. They've got a tip on dokes in the Everglades that helps focus their search, but Lundy urges caution. I'd like to urge strong caution in apprehending the suspect. I'm looking into new information that might come into play. Yeah, I got your email about Leone's. The man will say anything for a dollar. I agree we have to be circumspect about this, which is exactly why I'd like some time. Show a little guts, for Christ's sakes. Why don't you show a little respect? You wouldn't be closing in on a suspect right now if it wasn't for the work of this man. <laughs> you know, as much as I enjoy hearing from the local talent, I'm, I'm really rather busy right now. Well, I'm guessing you don't need me to fight your battles anymore. Yeah, well, maybe you need me to fight yours. Ooh, aren't you a tough one? I'm just warming up. Yay, go Deb. But what a prick Adams is. I'd have loved Deb to kick him square in the nuts right then and there. But I guess we've got enough of Miami Metro in trouble already. It's a lovely moment for Deb, though. I mean, she's come a long way since those early days in season one when she was still very much feeling away. She's grown in confidence enormously, and I'm sure that that's been helped by her relationship with Lundy. Riding on the crest of her wave, Deb pays Lila a visit, and she's just full of it. It's a nice speech. Forgive me for playing two clips so close together, but we love Deb, <laughs> and we all need to cheer at the end. Wow. I thought I lived in a shit can. Officer Morgan, have you come to inquire about my welfare? I want you to leave Miami tonight. Don't ever come back. Don't ever contact Angel or Dexter again. And, um, <clears throat> why would I listen to you? Because I'm a cop. And you're here on an expired visa. I know your real name. And I've contacted immigration. Officers will be here any day now. They'll arrest you and deport you. And it will not be pretty. This is true. Why are you telling me this? Because I want you the fuck out of here now. Whether you leave on your own or immigration hauls your sorry ass away, I don't give a shit. But I don't want to give you one more day to fuck with the people I care about. I want you gone. Tonight. You don't want to do this. It's done. Tonight. Woohoo! That was just great. The look on Deb's face, defiant and triumphant. The look on Lila's face, it, <laughs> it just fell, didn't it, when Deb said about the visa. Bang to rights and off you go. Or will she? Maybe not, because she immediately runs to her car and checks Dexter's sat-nav to see where he's been. I'm not quite sure what she was hoping to find, but off she goes. Harry, you never prepared me for this one. What do I do? Dissecting Dexter that night, as Dex is preparing dinner for him and Deb, he's considering how he spent his life wearing his mask, 
relief never in sight until now, and he seems to be getting more certain of this path rather than losing his resolve. It's like he wants to be saved from his darkness by whichever way presents itself. But can you imagine him? Can you imagine him in prison? It'd be full of potential victims to fit the code. It would be carnage. But he wants Deb to be the one to take him into custody, and he has an hilarious little fantasy about different ways she might react to the news. The best one for me was the unflinching bullet to the head. But it's one of the show's trump cards. How would Deb react if and when she ever found out? But it was also a nice moment of of obvious humour that we we do get from time to time on Dexter, and it's always good fun. When Deb does get there, she's happy and jubilant as you'd expect, ready to sink some beers with her brother. She says she's got it together for the first time since the ice truck killer stuff. The look on Dexter's face. You can see his resolve failing. How can he possibly shatter her world now? To make things worse, she says that all sorts of screwed-up stuff went through her head after Rudy, and she's thankful she had her brother there to grab onto. She tells him to get through it. You essentially embrace who you are and ride it out. Food for thought for Dexter, and he abandons his plan of telling her the truth. Deb believes in him. And he finds new resolve not to turn himself in, and go back to proceed with his original plan of framing Dokes. Cut to Lila arriving at the cabin. The satnav has led her there. Now you can argue that Dexter was a bit of a wally to put Dokes's location into his satnav, but Lila is about to find Dokes, and what the heck are they going to say to each other? You could also wonder why a young woman would venture to set a remote location on her own at night. Or any time, for that matter. But I suppose Lila isn't the full shilling anyway, and probably cares more for finding out where Dexter's been than for her own personal safety. And that's the cliffhanger for this penultimate episode of season two. I remember thinking when I first watched it that Dexter's done for. <laughs> He's pissed off Lila. Deb's followed up and made her even more mad. And this woman scorned has now found that. Dexter seems to be holding someone captive. I was thinking, Dokes will tell her who he is, and what better way to get back at Dexter than letting him go and having Dexter arrested? That was in the day when I wasn't in tune with news about TV show renewals. So, for all I knew at the time, this could have been it. This could have been the end of the show. Dexter getting caught. So, another well-paced episode, I thought, with some good quality conversation between Dokes and Dexter. Those two never disappoint. While Deb got a couple of great moments to cheer about, good stuff. I thought. Let's find out what you thought. Listener feedback. Okay, first off, I want to say thanks to a few recent iTunes reviewers who've left me some great reviews, which really does help my position on iTunes. Thanks to Heidi King, Fat Baby, Asemi, Mortis Noctu, Wicked D95, Jakeman100, ShimmerX4, and Rev Rob. Uh, I've only checked the uh, <laughs> the UK 
the US and the Canadian iTunes. If um, uh, listeners from other countries have left iTunes reviews and I've not mentioned you, then drop me a tweet or an email and, and just let me know and then I can give you thanks next time. Thanks to everybody who does leave iTunes reviews or, or even just a, a nice five-star rating. Uh, it does help the podcast. It helps the positioning on iTunes. Um, so so that's, uh, that's always good. helps the podcast be positioned a bit more predominantly. And uh, not so long ago, the podcast was amongst the What's Hot uh, <laughs> selection on, on, I, on the iTunes store, uh, which, was, which was a nice... A nice boost for uh, for podcast morale. <laughs> now, I'm sure I've been away too long from the rewatch because I only got one piece of feedback about this episode. It's a stark contrast to the multitude that I get when the new season is on the air. And that's probably not altogether surprising. I mean, it's reflected in listener numbers as well. The downloads um, are a lot less uh, for the rewatch podcasts than, than for the new ones. Um, but that's OK. This voicemail is from the ever-reliable, never-afraid-to-speak-his-mind, Travis Shefflin. G-Man, can you believe this is it? It's the penultimate episode of Season 2 of Dexter. It's left turn ahead. And this episode, man, it, it's a lot to process. you got Lila going through with her plan to frame Angel of date-raping her. And you got, you know, she's blackmailing Dexter, essentially. Dexter connecting with Angel, you having that moment in the hospital cafeteria with him. That was really sweet. It's nice to see Dexter and Angel be kind of be buds. We know from season one that Angel considers Dexter a friend, even if Dexter doesn't necessarily consider Angel a friend. But, um... Yeah, just Lila being crazy this episode. Stalking Dex, stealing his GPS, and of course we all know what she discovered at the end of the episode. Oh boy, I was... Could hardly wait to find out what happens in the next episode. Next, you got to get these things out quicker, Gareth. I can't wait. Uh, you know, apart from Lila being crazy, uh, you got the FBI circling in on the butcher. Now they know where the cabin's at, and Dokes is in the cage. If they find Dokes in the cage, it's not going to be very good for you know the story Dexter is trying to spin. And Dexter's so far away. What's he gonna do? Oh God! Uh, speaking of Dexter, he wanted to turn himself in this episode. Uh, that led to one of the probably the most memorable scenes in the whole series. Um, him telling or him imagining how he would tell Deb and what how she would react. I think my favorite of all the reactions is her crying aloud or crying a lot. Uh, I think it's. I hope it's no spoiler to, to say that. Uh, Deb loves to cry in this show, and this ain't going to be the last time we see her crying, even if this was an imaginary cry. So, um, so look forward to that, listeners. Um, something that al- that always busts me up when I watch this episode, um, and it's, it's not even that fun, I don't think anyone's going to find it funny, but just, just for the sake of sharing my personal experience with the episode and contributing something that you probably... Because everything I'm saying, you've already said, I'm sure. Uh, there's a scene in this episode when Dexter and Lila... Oh, I'm sorry, Dexter and Rita and all the kids, they're on the boat and they're going out to sea. This is a scene when Lila's stealing Dexter's GPS device. And if you, if, if you don't... You can almost miss it because it's not that audible. But when it shows them on the boat, Aster says something like, Hey, look, those are the pelicans! Or something like, look at that pelican! 
She says, look at that pelican, like one pelican. And Rita says something like, yeah, there's a bunch of pelicans. And now, you know, I don't know. There's nothing funny about that. I'm sure you're not laughing. But every time I hear it, I can't help but think of Rita being, like, really bitter. And, like, maybe I'm willing it to be true. But I hear, like, a little bit of resentment in her voice. Like, hey, look at that pelican. And Rita's like, yeah, there's a lot of pelicans. Like, after is like, so happy. And and, she, and Rita's clearly not impressed. Yeah, uh, yeah, Lila, I see that, or, yeah, Aster, I see that. There's a lot of pelicans over there. I don't know, that's, that's not very funny, but... And I thought, that, that's something I, I heard the first time I watched it, and I can't not think of that every time I see it. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, it's about to go down. Next episode, we're going to be in trouble. Thanks, Travis. Yeah, sorry, I, I know I really should do these more often, and in an ideal world, I would. What can I say? Uh, I've made my excuses before, <laughs> and uh, when I mentioned about how busy I've been at work, that really hasn't let up uh, between the last podcast and this one, and doesn't look like letting up any time soon. Uh, but, you know, I continue to do my best. <laughs> like you, though, I love some of the stuff we got in this episode, not least the cliffhanger. Funny you noticed that with the dialogue about the pelicans. I noticed that too, and it sounded a bit odd to me. Maybe because you don't get a lot of... Uh, how shall I put it? it um, incidental dialogue on this show. Or most TV shows, for that matter. So it just jumped out a bit. It didn't register with me that Rita might have come across as a bit blasé about pelicans, but I can see it could be interpreted like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she just doesn't like birds. So that's it for feedback. Um, we've got the season two finale coming next. I, of course, can't guarantee when I'll be doing the podcast. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks. It's the 19th of March today. So if you want to make sure that your thoughts on the finale or season two in general get included in the podcast, send them over to me now uh, or in the next few days and I will file them uh, to, to pull out of the bag when I record, hopefully in a couple of weeks. Um, it would be nice to get some um, some of your guys' thoughts on Season 2 in general, and maybe some opinions on where you feel Season 2 ranks amongst the in, in the annals of Dexter history, maybe some thoughts on Lila as uh, a big bad for the season, uh, maybe some thoughts on what they've done with the Dotes character. Okay, so yeah, if you do want to get in touch with me, the email address is dissectingdexter at gmail.com where you can also send a voice recording, an MP3, iPhone voice recording, whatever format you wish, uh, I will gratefully receive it via email. Or you can just phone in the US. The listener line is 646-222-6122. And you can also access that number internationally, although it's probably a lot cheaper just to um, stick a microphone into your laptop and, <laughs> and record that way. Uh, in the UK, uh, the listener line is 0844-579-6949. And with that number, you enter mailbox ID 08320 when the voice prompts you. There's also Twitter, at Dissect Dexter, or my personal Twitter, which is at Gareth underscore UK. And there's the Facebook page. Hop onto Facebook, search for Dissecting Dexter, and you'll find it. It's a bit quiet at the moment there, in between seasons, as you might expect. But beware if you do go there, and you're not up to date with the show. 
there could be stuff about anything up to the end of Season 7. No spoilers for Season 8, though. And if you do visit there, you never know, you might get the occasional mention on here. Like you, Sarah McGinley. Or maybe you, Ashley Kirano. Next time on Dissecting Dexter. The next episode is, of course, the season two finale. And the episode title is The British Invasion. This is the synopsis taken from IMDb, so skip on a minute or so if you don't want to know anything. Using the GPS that she stole from Dexter's car, Lila makes her way to the cabin where Dexter has Dokes locked up. Dokes tells Lila that Dexter is the Bay Harbour Butcher, but if he was hoping for sympathy, he won't get it from Lila. She still views Dexter as her soulmate. Frank and Deborah decide to go on an ice-fishing holiday, but work gets in the way. Dexter and Rita reconcile, but when Lila threatens the children, Dexter decides he needs a permanent solution to the problem. Lila isn't quite ready to move on quietly. Oh dear. So, obviously Deb's little speech didn't work. But how can Dexter rid the world of Lila if he's going to stay within the code? For all we know, she's never killed anyone on purpose. We know her boyfriend died in a house fire that she started. But we understood that to be an incidental death, not something she'd actually intended. In the meantime, it looks like Lila's not going to be the white knight that Dokes was hoping for. But if she's not, what's she going to do instead? Apart from threaten the kids. She's nuts, isn't she? Like that'll get Dexter back in bed with her. Just kill her now, Dex! <laughs> As for Deb and Lundy, it does seem clear that she's more attached to him than he is to her. But I think he's been a lot more realistic about the relationship. If he goes away at the end, it'll probably unbalance her again and she'll rely on Dexter even more. She's definitely in need of that father figure, isn't she? That stability. And that brings us to the end of another podcast. Hopefully, I'll be able to cover the season two finale fairly promptly <laughs> in the not too distant future. Um, we do have the Easter break coming up, uh, during which time I shall have a couple of days off work. Um, so that will limit my opportunities to record. We'll be spending time with the family, spending time with the kids. Uh, it's my dad's 70th birthday coming up soon as well, so we'll, we'll probably pay my parents a visit down south. Uh, they live down in Hertfordshire. Uh, so I shall make every effort to... Uh, uh, get another one of these out before too long and, and finish off season two uh, so it would be great to have um, some different opinions on season two and the finale in particular, uh, I do love hearing from you guys uh, but until then, I shall wrap this up now and just say until we dissect some more Dexter together hopefully very soon, take care everyone, thanks for your support and cheers for now, bye bye mm-hmm.